or rejection of something else. They said, listen, tomorrow you're going to be rejected from this thing you applied for, but that means you're going to Italy. So like glass half full, right? So then the next day I woke up and I got rejected from this thing I applied for at school, this TA position. And I'm like, wow, I guess I said, I can't believe I'm going to Italy. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. Now, let's start crossing it off together. Have you ever heard the phrase, when one door closes, another one opens? Living a bucket list lifestyle can be a little bit like that at times. We put things on our list and we expect those are the things that we're going to do. But if you look at your list as though it was a living document instead of this thing written in stone, you can allow for those doors to close and others to open. This is what happened to our bucket list storyteller. So let's get into her story and start crossing it off. At this time, I'd like to welcome my bucket list storyteller for today. Her name is Gia Barkley. And she describes herself as passionate, charismatic, resourceful, and ambitious. Gia, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell everyone, what did you cross off your bucket list? Study abroad. Okay. That's uh, that's something I always wanted to do, never did. Um, but your story may be a little different than other people. So tell us, where did this idea come from for you to put study abroad on your bucket list? Well, um, I was in college and it was kind of floating around that, oh, at some point, like towards the end of your your semester, you'd have the opportunity to study abroad. And I immediately knew I'm going to study abroad. I just knew <laughs> I knew I was going to study abroad. It happened to be in Italy. So I'm like, oh, definitely that's going to be. <laughs> and I just knew that I'd have to do whatever I had to do to kind of embark on that path to study abroad. So what was it about studying abroad that drew your attention to it, drew that passion to it, that it was you were all in at the thought? I mean, it's just hard to pass up a semester in Italy. It's just, you know, I mean, I'm already in school. I might as well do a semester somewhere else and really take in the culture. Um, so I I was just, it, it took no time for me to fully be on board with that idea. Yeah, I've been to Italy. I understand how wonderful it can be. So had you done a lot of traveling before that or was this new to you? Um, No. So I mostly, um, I'm of Jamaican descent. So my parents would just ship us down to Jamaica for summers. That was mostly it, mm-hmm. but that wasn't like traveling so much as it was offloading your children to the ground <laughs> abroad. Um. Yeah, I had especially, and if I had gone to Jamaica, it was with my parents. So it really mm-hmm. seems like a second home as opposed to we're traveling. It just felt like you know. Um, I think I went to Bahamas once for a cruise um, four years prior or something, but other than that, not really. No. And what was it about Italy that, like, when you heard that that was the destination that you'd be going to, was so inviting for you to say yes, yes, yes? Well. Um, I was studying culinary. So when they said you'd be mm. cooking in Italy, I'm like, oh, it, it just, I just knew that I could really absorb a lot. I could really take a lot out of the experience. And when I get like that, I'm just, it's not really an option for me. It's just like, I'm going to do it because that's what needs to be done. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're in college and this opportunity comes about. What were some of the things that you had to do to make it happen? What what were some of the things you had to go through? Like how the money work? How did you, you know, did you learn Italian? 
What are some of those things you did before you left on the trip? Once I expressed my interest, I saw like what the list was of things for for me to do. And I was immediately intimidated. I knew I was going to do it, but I had to freak out first. And Mm -hmm. you this is the kind of the first of the programs kind. They switched over like what school we go to in Italy and everything. So it kind of was like a relaunch. So we were the guinea pigs for this particular program where we were going and everything. Um, So the requirements was um, one of them was to do a cooking demo I was freaking out because I was in baking and pastry and they wanted me to like do like fabricate five chickens which like means to break it down right. like and, and and I'm freaking out um <laughs> they wanted me to do something called tourney a potato it's like making a potato into basically hey Arnold's head it's a football <laughs> It's like seven sides, I believe, or something. I had never learned those skills for because you know, I wasn't on the cooking side. And all of these terms are like, oh, you, you know, you got to take the tomato and you got you got to concasse it. I'm like, how? What? What is that? What are we doing? Oh my gosh! So, so I, I I freaked out, but I'm like, okay, I'm in a school full of culinary professors. I'm like, hey, how do I do that? What is I need to? I have to go to Italy, so tell me exactly how to break down chickens. I found this aggressive Italian dude that was just like, okay. Boom, grab the chickens out the fridge and I'm going to show you how to do it. So it was a it was a lot of that kind of stuff and me having to go into the kitchen and prep to make sure that I would be culinary, um, like, like confident and, mm-hmm. and yeah, to make sure that I knew what the hell I was doing when I was there. And um, then they're like, well, that's just the prep that they want to see and check off their little list. But you also have to cook the meal the way they say, you know, you got to make demi-gloss. I'm like... I'm freaking out. Um, so I, I'm just taking notes from my friend who basically got a scholarship to go there and did all of this just in her audition. And um, I was ready to I was ready to go. It was that it was an essay. Um, you have to figure out the financial portion. I think you get like a grant towards it and then you kind of figure out the rest. Um, kind of how the financial aid transfers over that semester. What's mm-hmm. the Thankfully, it wasn't a ton for me, I don't believe, but um, we were able to make that happen. So there was quite a few things, application, essay, demo stuff, um, to name a few. Those were the big kind of three. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work. It's not like <laughs> yeah. somebody just saying, hey, I want to go to Spain for study abroad, and it happens. So right. so you, where is this school in Italy that you wound up in? So um, it's called Cast Alimenti, and it's like one of the best culinary schools in Italy. So that was already intimidating as well. <laughs> sure. And where is that located? Way northern um, in an area called Brescia. It's in the Lombardy region. So it's mm-hmm. at the foot of the Alps. Totally right. different experience than maybe people would be expecting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a Yeah. Italy, I found, was definitely a lot like America from the standpoint that there's vastly different geography in Italy. Oh, yeah. Super regional. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So you get there and, you know, you're there for a full semester? I'm there for two-thirds of a semester. I'm there for eight weeks. I'm there for two months, and then you come back, and then you have a month left of just finishing up some things um, virtually. And did you go with other people from your school, or was this – just like random I'm going alone um no so that was a part of the selection process was um they were going to only choose a handful of people uh they weren't exactly sure the exact amount but they knew it was going to be like 
10 or something. It wound up being eight people, but I I knew if it was five, I'd be a part of the five. It was one, <laughs> the one. Like, so yeah, uh, it was me and a few others from school, um, seven others. And did you think that that, you know, going through the experience of being there with them in Italy, having been classmates, was that helpful for you? Or how did you feel about that part of the experience? It was... <laughs> It wasn't helpful because so um, three out of the eight of us um, was on a like regional, like state champion, like culinary team together. They already had that yeah. synergy, already had that rapport with each other. They already know how to tourney and to fabricate like they do that in their window at their culinary competition. So they already had that rapport. These weren't people that I had interacted with prior at all. Um Maybe one person was in one of my classes, but we weren't necessarily friends per se. We interacted pleasantly, but so it was like figuring out who we were while we were getting to know each other while we were in a totally different country. Um, it was interesting. And did did you all room together or stay in the same flat or how, how did that part work? Oh, yeah. So they had us. They had us out uh, pretty far in, a, in, in this town, um, in this hostel. So we all were in, it was a pretty big hostel. And um, yeah, the, all the girls were kind of in one room and all the guys were in one room. But we had to w- kind of walk through the boys' room to get to the girls' room. Um, and that's kind of where we were all in our little bunk beds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That, is, <laughs> that does not seem normal to me. I've been in a lot of hostels and that would be like, wow, how do you study? How do you have private time that's a long time to be in a hostel for for two months um luckily there was a humongous kitchen and a humongous living Mm. room we had like almost a vineyard in the back it was we're really isolated so but we did have space to kind of go off and do our own little things and then what was the experience like at the school did you have to learn some italian or were they speaking english in class how did that work so um (laughs) it's funny you asked um so we did wind up having to take Italian lessons there. Um, after our long day of like 8 a.m. to like 3 p.m., we would have to then from like 3 to 5 or 5.30 or something, um, like twice a week, take Italian lessons, which worked out great for the kids that like were of Hispanic descent. Me, that took French mm. in school. Zero help. Zero help. But so we did have that. We also had um, two translators sort of that were with us the entire time. But the chefs, for the most part, um, I could understand them pretty well. I can understand heavy accents well, um, but they helped that. They also translated all the recipes, you know, to English and everything. So the transition would be more seamless. And what was your experience outside of the school, right? You're, you're studying abroad. You're going someplace you've never been. You, you have mm-hmm. a purpose in going because you are taking these classes right. but at the same time you're in Italy so yeah. so were you able to do some traveling outside of the school experience it sounds like your days were pretty full but yeah um it was really hard to adjust when we were out there and so i mean the time difference everything so we didn't start being able to go anywhere until like a month in Like, so it just was every, because we still, that wasn't our whole course load. We had to then come home at the sick. We're like an hour away from where we actually live. So, and then start doing our other schoolwork. We had to start still doing our business management essays and everything. So um, the time management was was a true skill out there. And we just didn't get a handle on things. Even when we eventually started trying to explore Italy, we did not have, 
everything in the bag. We still, we had to take a couple losses. We we're like, okay, there's <laughs> an essay due tonight. Uh, you know, I kind of got a 3.9 in that class, you know? So yes. there's a couple of things we had to sacrifice to really absorb Italy the way we wanted to. So we took some liberties in the, in the second half. Here at the Crossing It Off podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. What were some of those liberties? What are some of the things you did and where'd you go? Um, well, I think we wanted to keep it mild the first weekend. Uh, we went to, oh, we, oh, we went to this amazing place called Verona. Verona, Italy was really amazing. It's known for the Romeo and Juliet thing. So Shout out to Dej, who organized that whole thing. She was in the crew. I don't know who, what, when, where, why. I'll just tell me how much to split for the Airbnb. And it was really beautiful. So we had a nice mm-hmm. weekend there the first time. I'm like, okay, we're off to a good start. This is pretty good. Uh, and that was my first time staying in an Airbnb too. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. You know, it was a great way to kind of be with the locals and experience what we're experiencing. And the weather was nice. So it was, that was good. Um, we also at some point went back to Milan because we flew into Milan, but we didn't really get to explore it, right? Did we go twice? Yeah, I think we wound up going like twice, but second time was a little rough, <laughs> but we were like somehow in the Milan hood. We were out there in the streets. <laughs> it, was, it was very interesting. And um, we did make plans to go to other places. It just kind of fell through. We wanted to go to like Florence and Pisa. And we wanted to, I mean, some of them, two people wound up going to like Venice. I wanted to go, the kind of things kind of didn't work out that way. But um, yeah, that's, but it's only inspiration to <laughs> to go back and really explore. Yeah, there you go. Got a little taste. How were the actual classes? Were they, you know, difficult? You talked before about being more on the bakery side or the baking side mm-hmm. than the cooking side. Mm-hmm. How has that worked for you? Were you able to get some baking stuff or was it all just regular cooking? Um, It was a lot of, it was a lot of cooking. Um, we did a couple of things in the last half. We did a couple of like, you know, caprese cake and like a couple of things that were like, I'm like, okay, this is fine. But um, mostly cooking. I think all the difficulties really lied in the personalities mm. in the chef and the people that were there. Anything that was difficult made it 10 times harder with those people because we weren't very, we weren't received well at all. So um, learning was a little harder. Um, just because it just, it just, it just, there was not really an escape. And we knew that we weren't, it didn't feel like we were as welcomed as we thought we would be um, going there initially. Is that due to being, you know, you said you had some Spanish speakers in your group as well. Is, do you feel like that was part of that was due to the difference in, you know, skin color that. Oh yeah. 1000%. It was eight people. We're all different shades of Brown. We all look weird from their standpoint. We're in Northern Italy. We're at the foot of the Alps on the paler side of people. You know, (laughs) these are not Sicilians, Um, you know? So they let us know what Mm. looks strange. You know, people were poking you like you're not real. People are like, like, can I touch your, what is, I don't, they've never seen. I'm like, you've never seen Beyonce. So, um, (laughs) It was very, and and I would like take a step back and look at, assess everyone. I'm like, from their standpoint, we, I mean, it doesn't, 
justify it but i'm like we do mm-hmm. really, really strange it was almost jarring there was not one like european standard of beauty there no blonde hair no blue eyes we got this guy is the darkest dominican you've seen we have a slightly mild macchiato dominican then we have a mexican over here that's like aztec or something and his hair is past you know his kneecaps it's just we just look very odd to them and they didn't i guess know how to be welcoming of that so they of course whisper point and everything and um kind of had to endure that for a few weeks until they were more adjusted to us so so did by the end of the experience that had do you feel like that changed yeah they definitely were a lot warmer to us and realized that oh yeah we laugh like regular people we Mm -hmm. tell jokes for you know Uh, i think they had to first have that initial reaction in their eyes and um yeah and we're like dapping it up that's my homie and you know so hope, like i was happy that it kind of worked out that way it's good to hear so if somebody else was going to do this someone you know you're talking to somebody in a cafe or something and somebody said oh yeah i think i want to try studying abroad what would be like one thing you would tell them to to say if you're going to go do this you got to do x what's the x um i think that you know having general knowledge of the area you're going to, I mean, just based off of who you are and what you are in the world, you might be okay with that, but just know how you might show up in that person's community. And are you okay with how you might be treated or seen? Know a little bit about their culture, just out of respect, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I say go for it. Do not let someone that was thinking about possibly going hold you back and you're there waiting forever. I say there's a lot of programs, there's a lot of things out there where you can do it comfortably, even with other people that are like-minded. And you have those opportunities available to you. Uh, so don't let anyone or anything hold you back from doing so. Jaya, if you look back at your experience and you think about yourself in it before and after, what was something that transformed you or how did you transform through this experience? Oh, man. Um a lot. I mean, it was a very tough year for me. Um, so I almost needed to go to Italy. Mm. Um, for that it was just everything kind of lined up and was telling me that it was going to happen I actually had um, a dream that I was going to go but it was like through a rejection of something else they said listen tomorrow you're going to be rejected from this thing you applied for but that means you're going to Italy so like glass half full right (laughs) so then the next day I woke up and I got rejected from this thing I applied for at school this TA position and I'm like wow I guess I said I can't believe I'm going to Italy it was a lot. I lost my grandfather and then like, and then I got accepted like right afterwards. And it it just was a swarm of emotions. I had to just, I really started grieving when I was there. So it was literally a whole spiritual journey for me. I just had to kind of isolate and integrate, isolate and integrate myself um, to kind of balance out those feelings. But I learned a lot about myself and um, I really was going through the motions And um, I definitely think I was way better exiting that program than I was going into it. Um, Even though it didn't feel like that in the moment, it felt very heavy, but um, the load got lighter when I, when I left there. Is there any way that you look at the world differently now that after you've done that experience? Um, Yeah, this, I mean, everything's about perspective. When we were there, um, we had a lot of complaints from the instructors to our school, our homeschool, saying that like these Americans aren't taking things seriously, but because they didn't understand like sarcasm and they didn't understand hmm. kind of um it just didn't translate 
And they thought that when we were laughing doing it, that we're like mocking things, but we're like, no, 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 we're having a good time doing this and we're laughing and, you know, enjoying that time. It just didn't correlate to, you know, th their idea of respecting the food and the profession is nose down, get it done, you mm -hmm. know, and then the outcome of the product is like you respecting, you know, you, the, the cuisine or, or the culture. So that's understandable completely, but it's just, you can't go in there hard-headed like well that's not what my intent was so they shouldn't take it that way culturally people are going to see things differently you just have to be very open to how they could perceive things and say okay that was not my intent but i can understand how things can be seen a certain kind of way what's next on your bucket list that you like to cross off oh man um i definitely want to just keep traveling you know, I've been to quite a few places since and I, I want to make sure that I keep on traveling with or without people. That's always going to be on my bucket list. I always want to climb a mountain, so to speak. Yeah. And I just really want to be like a, a household name kind of like in the industry, really mm -hmm. like an like my, my idol, Anthony Bourdain. I really do um, want to keep I think that the more I travel is the more that I'm taking the steps up the ladder to be you know exactly who and what i want to be is there any specific place you'd like to cross off your list um oh man i really you know um new zealand is one of them it's <laughs> really it's really up there i know a lot of people say australia and they're like oh you know maybe you go to new zealand i'm like no that's actually a destination for me i do <laughs> i want to know about the maori culture and and all of it. it and really take some time in there there's there's quite a few places that are on the list that um I, you know, Singapore. Yeah, there's there's quite a few places that I really want to check out. And movies don't help because of, <laughs> like, where was that, you know, filmed? And then you're like, oh, I got to go. Is there any part of New Zealand that's food based for you or is it just cultural based? Um, You know, I found out recently that there is like a huge culinary scene there. Now I definitely have to go before it was just the culture and just looking at the nice green rolling oh, yeah. and all the sheep. Um, <laughs> so that was intriguing enough. But now knowing that, especially as my background, you know, cooking, um, that there is a, a culinary culture, I'm like, oh, well, it's a win for me. So definitely it just doubles down on my uh passion for going to uh, new zealand right now cool yeah I'm, I'm with you where can folks find you online and what do you do there so you can find me on all platforms and on 876.com that is eight as in a-t-e the number seven and the word six s-i-x i am a chef and travel advisor and you can yeah go on there and let me plan your vacation if i'm traveling you should be traveling too like I have been to quite a few places since then. And I think that I should, um, you know, I could be a great asset for you. So you can find me on those on, on that platform. Awesome. I will put all those in the show notes so that people can get in contact with you and connect with you and what you do. Jai, thank you so much for being here. And I hope that you get to New Zealand soon. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that when you get back from there. Good luck and, and best wishes. Thank you so much. 